and Benson and Stabler meet your new ADA, Casey Novak. I can't believe this redhead is going to be jumping in in this case, though. How she get? How the hell is she trying to jump in the case so swiftly and something like that, though? Does she have the balls to do so? Well, well, well. Well, this case is such as about this some young mother who died and uh, and the child that she was giving birth with died also. And there was the the, the doctor was uh, um, at, was connected to her death. Well, this is twisted. A Law and Order SVU podcast. You are now listening to Twisted, a Law and Order SVU podcast where we recap and break down past episodes of Law and Order SVU. You can hear us out on Spotify, Anchor FM, WordPress, or in any other streaming service. And now, here's your host, Brian Rose. Welcome to another episode of Twisted, a Law and Order SVU podcast. My name is BD Rose, but you can call me Brian. So, I'm, so how was your weekend so far? If, well, what I'm doing right now, I'm just going to be breaking down episodes of Law and Order SVU. So, we're in the middle of season five, and we got a new ADA. You know, Cabot got smoked out in the last in the last episode. In other words, you know, I mean. Kevin got, quote, killed. You know, you know what happened to her. I mean, she went into the witness protection program, but she'll be back, though. I mean, so right now we got a new ADA we got to be good to be dealing with. So I'm going to give you some law and order news to break down to you. So anyway, I read in uh, papers online saying that um, there has been a showrunner shakeup at um, the law and order spinoff, Law and Order Organized Crime. It gets. I got word that Brian Goldboff is stepping down as showrunner, and he's going to be replaced by um, Law and Order SVU showrunner David Graziano for the rest of season three. Now I can't. I don't understand why they had to be changing all these um um showrunners on the on the show on the show on the on the on the organized crime. I mean, what is going on over here? I mean, you had like maybe um. Three showrunners have gone for the past couple of years. No, I mean you got this woman, this uh, this girl from the L word, from the L word, the producer, Eileen Shaken, she left, and then they got this other guy. I mean, I mean, come on, what's with all this uh, shake up with the changes with the showrunners? I mean, what's wrong with Law and Order or Law and Order Law and Order Organized Crime, huh? What what's it, what's going on? Is it they think that show's not good enough? I don't know, but I don't know what's going on. But if now, right now, you got the SVU producer going to take over as showrunner. I mean, is it going to connect with the uh, organized crime and SVU, something like that? Or are we going to see Benson and Sablin in a romantic relationship? Oh, are you getting ready for Elliot and Olivia? I don't know. They got that little chemistry going on right here for the past 20-something years. So I don't know what's going on. But come on, I mean, you be just people organized crime be changing showrunners. I mean, what is going on here? They think that the show's not right or something. 
I don't know what it. I don't know what it is, man. Explain that to me. I mean, I mean, S, let me tell you something. SVU they had like showrunners for staying for the like last decade. I mean, Neil Barry he was on there for ten years, and then you got the other dude Warren Lay. He was in there like for three, five, six seasons. I don't know what it is, man. I mean. What's going on with the direction of the show anyways on organized crime, man? I don't know, man. This That's a crime to me. I mean, they just lost uh, one of the staff members of organized crime. I mean, he was doing security. I mean, he was murdered. Shit. It maybe it was kind of like a drug-related thing. I don't know. Or maybe a sacrifice. I mean, I don't know what is going on here, but it's crazy, man. It's crazy, man. It's a damn, damn shake-up, so... There's nothing much I want to say about that though, but oh, one more thing. Um, they you know you know the NBC has decided if they're going to renew SVU for season twenty-five. I mean, it's March already. I mean, they should have the time to have like the. Um, I think it was like the fall schedule coming up something like that though. I mean, I don't know what's going on here. I mean, it's. Is Law and Order SVU on the bubble right now? Is it about to be canceled? I don't know. I mean, share your thoughts. Just leave a message. And like and subscribe. Now, today we're going to get to episode 96. I mean, we're four episodes away from episode 100. And episode 100, though, I'm going to make an announcement. And it's going to be a surprise on the 100th episode. And we're going to celebrate the 100th episode probably in a couple of weeks. So, now... We, we got, let's go and meet our new ADA on this episode of SVU. And I call it Novak, uh, Novak um, Checks In. <clears throat> All right. Um, this is Law and Order SVU, Season 5, Episode 5, Serendipity. Is that I say it right? All right. Serendipity. And it aired on the on NBC on October twenty first, two thousand three. Okay, so um, things are gonna be a little bit different right now, and um, yeah, and um, yeah, we got a new ADA going around right here. So let's get started. I mean, let's get started like NC Hammer said back in the late nineteen eighties. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so um, we in the street in the daytime. I think it's around morning, and you got two guys working for the Center of Disease Control. So they doing they're working on something at the sewer or something like that though. So and so they have the they have the sewer. Or they found like uh, they noticed that um it's like the water is shallow and they're trying to do some work. And this random lady shows up and she says, "Center of disease control, terror terrorists and contaminated the water." And not actually though they they were just doing um. Some mosquito infestation, something like that, though. So, and then the lady who was carrying a bag of groceries, she asked him, "What's this for?" And uh, one of the guys, guys with the curly hair, she tells him is that they're doing things for the West, they're tracing for the West Nile virus, and they were just doing some random testing. So she, he tells her not to worry about anything. So, they know his coworker notices that that um, there's a bag in the shallow water, so they want to see what's in it, and. Um, Next thing you know is that they see a hand sticking out of the bag. And, you know, the lady with the groceries, she steps up and she sees it. And she was like, 
I hope it's not. I hope it's not been as a baby doll. So, but it's not. It's actually it wasn't a baby doll though. And it turns out that they found a dead baby in the bag. <laughs> oh my goodness! Someone dumped a newborn baby in a damn sewer. Damn, it's crazy though. Now we go through the opening credits, and I want to tell you that it's still the same thing, but it got some new cast photos. You see, he got the new photo of a uh, stabler, and it says starring Christopher, Malone, Christopher Maloney, and he's standing there with the city in the background, and you got a new photo of Mariska Hargitay. She's standing right below, uh, right by the bridge. Next thing he knows, you know, he got a new photo of Richard Belzer Munch. He got his new little Caesar hairstyle, and check this out: Diane, this Diane Neal's there. Yeah, she's part of new cast. Yes, 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 yes. That's the new ADA Casey Novak, though. But we're gonna get into that in a minute. And you got a new photo of Dr. Wong standing right outside the um, courthouse. Mm, mm-mm. And you know, the one with them um, ice ice tea and Cragen never changes though. So it's like the same opening, but they got these new photos right now and they added um Diane Neal to the cast. Yeah, she is in there, man. Shit. Now, we go for Act 1. Besson Stabler shows up, and the cop tells the detectives that the baby is a newborn, and, and you know, it's probably dumped in the shallow water. And they and the detectives, they figured the water was good. It was a good one deep enough, though. They would, they would know the baby would have been out on the uh, flushed out to the river or something like that, though. So I remember that they talked to this guy who works for the CDC, and he tells them that some maggots were found on, um, were found on the baby. So they know that the baby's probably a newborn, and the mother must have dumped it somewhere, stuff like that, though. And um, so, however, though we're at the, um, so it turns out that we're, it turns out that um, the mother's name was Brianna Morris. So. We at the Morris's uh, residence, you know, outside of the apartment, and you know the landlord is, is um, and so is um escorting Best and the Stabler to her apartment. So, and uh, you know, I think this, I think the landlord, or the superintendent, telling him that um, she moved in a couple of months ago, and she was kind of quiet, something like that. Though, so, so we at the residence where Brianna Morris is, right? So. Uh, you know, Benson Stabler followed the superintendent or, or slash the landlord to Brianna's apartment. So, the land, uh, you know, the superintendent knocks on the door and tells Brianna that that they have something, a package for her. It's like downstairs in the 1D. But, however, when they go inside the apartment, Benson Stabler found Brianna dead in her bedroom. And they know some blood and stuff like that, though. So, Benson trying to wonder who took who t- took the baby. Meanwhile, you know, Munch is talking to one of uh, Brianna's neighbors, and uh, her neighbor says that she was a sad girl, but, uh, you know, the birds love her and all that stuff. And you see, you know, that um, Brianna's na- neighbor, Munch's, Brianna's neighbor is, um, she has a lot of birds, and Munch is talking to her. Munch asks her, did she have any family and friends and s- stuff like that? And, um, she was a sad girl. I mean, um, the neighbor said she was a sad girl, and the neighbor showed much the picture of um, you know, Brianna with a couple of her friends, and that was her neighbor's birthday party about that uh, uh, had back in August. 
And Brianna was there, and she wasn't smiling, though. And Mush is walking around the apartment. He got that new little Caesar hairstyle. No, Munch's hairstyle, you know, he was like combed back in, in a couple episodes, but he changed his appearance and all that stuff, and then he dressed more gray and stuff like that, and then Munch got the sunglasses. Nah, nah, you don't think he got sunglasses. I don't know. It's a fall. Who cares? Anyway, so turns out that, you know, um, so meanwhile, Finn is talking to another of Rihanna's neighbors, and the guy tells Finn, excuse me, Finn's talking to an, um, another neighbor, and... Uh, Neighbor says that he heard banging at 6 a.m., but he tells him that's normal. And Finn was like, girl, I had a freaking baby. You know what I mean? Do you care? Something like that, though. And the neighbor just said he doesn't know anything. He And he tells him that she's just a quiet girl. Something like that, though. So, much of Finn do a walk and talk in the hallway. And they find nothing so far. So, we go inside um, Brianna's apartment. It's a crime scene. Beds and Sable are there. So they having a conversation. So they know that there's no evidence of foul play and all that stuff. And then turns out that um, maybe the perp probably cut her phones off and all that stuff, though. And it turns out that Brianna might have had help or had somebody, stuff like that, though. But however, though, they found a prescription in her, one of her bedroom. And it's it, it, and one of the prescriptions came from Dr. Curtis. And he turns out that that's um, Brianna's object and all that stuff. So... We at Dr. Curtis's office, and um, we have that Dr. Curtis is there, and then he said that, he, that Brianna never mentioned her father, and she was detached from her pregnancy because she was just doing her own rules. And just, she's just like child, doing like um, childbirth, labor, and stuff like that, though. So, however, though, and um, they go to Brianna's records, and it turns out that Brianna's payment was declined. So, Benson is able to talk to the receptionist, and about the payments and stuff like that. And it turns out that the credit card belonged to Ron Walcott. And the reception says that she never heard about that guy's name and she never sees him. So we're outside the Walcott residence somewhere in Manhattan and Benson and Stabler are at the front door. They want to talk to Ron Walcott. And check this out. His wife shows up and um, she tells him that Benson and Stabler tells his wife that they're looking for Ron Walcott, and it turns out that Ron and his wife are surrogates for Rihanna, and they they also mentioned about Doctor Curtis, and um, Mrs. Mrs. Walcott says that's Rihanna's object. So it turns out that the Walcotts are surrogates for Rihanna. So a few minutes later, though, they're inside. uh, the Walcott's residence table are inside their Walcott's apartment and they're interviewing the um, Walcott's. And Miss, Mr. Walcott, Ron, was like, why was anyone kill that baby, though? So, and he wrote their surrogates, though. And it turns out that um, they, they've got a contact with Rihanna because she was living in some kind of hellhole and they hooked up with, this, with a safer place. And they paid their expenses and everything like that, though. So, so it turns out that um, she was a day day. She said Brianna was never put into an adoption agency, and it turns out that um, Ron's coworker, I think it was uh, Marcy Cochran, no relation to Johnny Cochran, right? Turns out that um, she um, she she says that um, his uh, coworker Marcy 
were did some volunteer work at um, this place called um, the Metro Helpline, and it turns out Rihanna called them and stuff like that though. So we're at the place we're in it, and it turns out that Mr. Walcott has this place works at R and D. That's the and he also mentions about the Flavor Institute in um, New Jersey, somewhere in Bergen, New Jersey, something like that though. I don't know. All right, so we're at the Metro Helpline, and uh, Benson Sabler is talking to Marcy, and she tells him that Marcy had like a rough life. She said, and Marcy tells him that uh, her father le- left before she was born, and her mother was abusive to her, and then, she, and then she was placed in foster care at the age of five. And she, Marcy also tells him that she tried Marcy that Rihanna tried to commit suicide. So, and um, she also she also tells him that the Walcotts never had problems with Brianna stuff like that until one day, you know, as as uh, Marcy's husband called and he got in contact with Mister Walcott, and he tells him that Brianna is keeping the baby. What? So Brianna is, is had to change her heart. I mean, at first Brianna didn't want the baby. I mean, she was overwhelmed when she was pregnant, but she don't want to be a mother because I mean, she might as well. See, she was she was uh, getting ready to adopt the baby, and, you know, and put her in a safer place because she won't go through that, you know, that repeat the cycle of shit like that. You know what I'm saying? So, we back at the precinct right now. In the, we're in the squad room. So they figured out the war costs were lying, stuff like that. I mean, they turns out that they were ripped off and then something like that. And then they've um they were so desperate to find a baby. Even in the Walcotts, they even admitted that they tried in virtual a few times and never worked. I mean, Mrs. Walcott tried to try to get pregnant, so I mean, they had no choice to adopt the baby, you know? I mean, and, and Brianna's baby. But, however, though, it turns out that um, the mother and the baby died. I mean, their dreams are going down the toilet and shit like that, and shit like that though. So, and however, though, it's like... Um, Turns out that the Walcoxes, they were ripped off because Brianna had a change of heart saying she was keep the baby. And they try to confront Brianna and then things get go south. And then next thing you know is that um, Brianna is is, is, is having a beat, beating to death and the baby ripped from a wound and stuff like that and dumped it in the damn sewer. I don't know what it is, though. So Cragen tells Benson Stabler to go check on Warner. So we at the war right now, and Dr. Warner says that the baby was bled to death and stuff like that, though. And it turned out that the perf sat on her and injected her with a sedative, though. Damn. That's so crazy, something like that, though. So we're at the, um, Mr. Walcott's workplace, and it turns out that Ron Walcott is a chemist. And so they best to say confront Wal- Mr. Walcott about lying, and, and, and they ask him if he had anything to do with Brianna's death. However, Ron denies killing Brianna, stuff like that. And then he says something like saying, and then and then I didn't I didn't kill her by phone. <laughs> so we're back at the Walcott's residence and Benson Siebler confronted his wife and it turns out she was lying for her husband and stuff like that though. So so Benson Siebler go through Ron's personal stuff. And Benson finds a suitcase and she opens the bag and it had a couple of bottles and stuff like that. So Benson asked uh, Mrs. Walcott that he his husband husband bring well, bring his he bring his work home and stuff like that. And Mrs. Walcott denies didn't know anything. So Miss so Olivia 
picks up a bottle and asks her, what the hell is this? And then next thing you know, this, this redheaded woman shows up and says, it looks like pharmaceuticals to me. <laughs> and Joe, check this out. It's some, that's, that's ADAKC Novak, played by Diane Neal. Look like pharmaceuticals to me. It's in the warrant bag. She's making her first appearance as Casey Novak, but new ADA Casey, excuse me, new ADA Casey Novak, but she's no stranger to SVU before. I mean, she played one of the villains in the season three episode, um, Ridicule. I, yeah, that's the one with April, with one with April O'Neil from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was in it though. And, you know, she said that she was doing some S&M and then she had put a scarf on to cover the, um, marks and the bruises or whatever like that though so this time you know she's replacing um stephanie march as a new ada casey novak and she come in here like a bad bad bitch and all that stuff i mean that's some bad bitch ass because novak tells medicine that's that's pharmaceuticals those are those are pharmaceuticals and tells her to bag it for evidence give it a warning or something like that though so However, though, some Sabler introduces Benson to Novak, and Sabler remembers her for she she was in the, some kind of some cop baseball team and stuff like that though, and so Sabler asks Novak, "What is she doing here?" And Novak says that she's assigned to the case and all that stuff though, and um, and Benson Sabler says that they've already been covered and processed and stuff like that. So she, Novak tells him that she wanted to recanvas the crime scene. And Benson tells Novak it's already been processed. But then Novak says, not by me. So later on, we're in um, Brianna's apartment. Oh, they as oh, they go to her mailbox. Turns out that um all the, the mail was sent to the um, to the post office at the time of her killing, something like that though. So well, moments later we're in, inside Brianna's apartment and they found some books, and Benson Stables discovered that Brianna was keeping the baby because she had a couple of, of books saying, um, one of them says skin diseases for the elderly and stuff like that, though. And, and it's like a how-to guide of being a mother and shit like that. And they have evidence because she says that these books were picked up from a library a couple, a couple of days before her death. So... Next thing you know is that Novak is touching one of Brianna's books, and then Benson tells her that tells her we'll let you know if anything happens. And next thing you know is she snatches a book from Novak, <laughs> and then she was just standing there saying she ain't doing nothing. Like, what? <laughs> and she Novak was like, "What the fuck?" And then, <laughs> I don't know, man. You Novak know, coming in like she's like a bad bitch. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. Isn't it um, Cabot the Bad Bitch too? I don't know what it is, something like that, though. I don't know what it is. 
So we're at the Manhattan Public Public Library, and Munch and Finn is talking to one of the co-workers. And she looked kind of familiar. I mean, she was in these movies like The Devil's Advocate, something like that. I'm not sure, but however, though, she, anyway, this actress, uh, she looked kind of familiar to me. So anyway, um, she tells the detectives that Brianna was asking for information, and then she came in here reading books and stuff like that, though. So, however, Brianna was asking for information, and then she went to... Uh, this lady named Josephine by the computer, and she's a co-worker from one of the, she's um, the lady's co-worker, so she, the the lady tells much of Finn that they had to use to speak to Josephine who works at computers. So, moments later, much and Finn are talking to Josephine, and she's on the computer, and she's getting information on Brianna, and um, about the books, how she purchased the books, and how she bought it. But, she says that um, Josephine tells them that uh, she got in contact with um, Doctor um, New- Doctor um, Newlands, or Doctor Scooby, Doctor Archibald Newlands, and she also tells him that she filed a paternity suit against him. <laughs> so maybe this doctor is probably the father of her baby. Damn. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So we're in the offices of um, Dr. Archibald Newlands, and he's a dermatologist, and um, he denies being the father of the baby, and then he and then Benson Stabler mentioned uh, Dr. Newlands about, about eight months ago, had a one-night stand and stuff like that, though, and Dr. Newlands denies being the father of a baby because, you know, he's married with a couple of children, and to show proof, though, he has pictures of his family in on his um, on his um desk or something like that. So, however, though that she, Doctor Newlands, says that he was confronted by Brianna, and um, and the next thing you know, she came and made a scene, and he told her, and he asked security to escort her out, stuff like that, though, because she accused him of being a father, even though Doctor Newlands denies it, though. But he said, but then he says that he'll take a. And they ask him, they take a paternity test, and he says he'll do it voluntarily or whatever, something like that, though. So, Dr. Newlands is a dermatologist, and his wife is also his co-worker. So, they're both dermatologists, and they deal with um, Botox and collagen, plastic surgery and shit like that, though. You know, they, they, I mean, on E, they got the show called Botch, and they deal with plastic surgeries, and then they deal with, and then these patients come in and um, they do Botox and then they want to get their wrink- get rid of their wrinkles and shit like that, though. I mean, back in the early 2000s, it's common people who come in here to get Botox to make themselves look younger. And even some celebrities do it because they want to look younger. I mean, come on. Get the wrinkles. Come on. Anyway. So anyway, so we're at the precinct right now in the squad room. So Craig had asked him, the, who's the baby daddy? And um, they have no evidence so far, it turns out, though. But um, so it turns out that um, Dr. Newlands um, did, uh, did the paternity test voluntarily. And uh, they asked him about Mr. Walcott. Did he have something to do with Brianna and the baby's death? And it turns out that Mr. Walcott, Walcott's alibi was solid because he was somewhere else at the time of um, Brianna and the kids' murder, stuff like that, though. Munch comes in the squad room and tells them he found he got DNA 
he tells him that Dr. Newlands isn't the father of Brianna's baby, but he found a cold case. What was a cold case is, though? We cut to um, the, um, Dr. Newland's office, and um, Dr. Newlands is working with a patient doing a Botox. Much and Finn come in his office, and they come in his room, and they arrest him. And they tell him that they found DNA, and it turns out that um, Newlands had raped a six-year-old girl back in 1998. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my goodness. Dr. Newlands is a pedophile. Damn. So we're at the precinct right now, and Dr. Newell's is being interrogated him, being interrogated by Benson and Stabler, call him a pedophile, shit like that. And they told him that he uh, lured a girl in this mall in Paramus, New Jersey. And Dr. Newland says that he never been to Paramus or stuff like that. So, I mean, Benson and Stabler are grilling him hard because they, they if they find evidence and find little uh, all the, uh, his other victims, like the little girls, though, his ass is done, man. His career is over as he know it, though. Next thing you know is that uh, Dr. Novak calls um, Stabler outside the office. And um, and then next thing you know, um, Stabler asks Novak, where's Cragen? And Novak was like, I don't know. And then, and then next thing you know, is Stabler gets mad at her, gets upset and tells her, don't you ever interrupt my uh, interrogation again, right? Well, what's going on, though? And Novak tells Stabler that that um, Dr. Newlands can't be touched because the because of the statute of limitations has expired and shit like that though. So, and you know, it's just um, and so I mean, in other words, you know, that was like, and they couldn't get him because of the five year statute of limitations, so they can't even touch him and stuff like that though. Mm-mm-mm. So, however, though, Sabler is talking to Benson and walk and talk, and then they're going to look for the other victims. So it turns out that um. Munch and Finn did some background on um, the, about the recent cases. And it turns out that they found out about this um, girl named Alicia Hahn. She was like six years old. She was lured into a bathroom from this perp. He carried a pack of honey, poured it on his, poured it on his dick and makes her suck it. Next thing he knows that he gets aggressive and then he rapes her. Damn. Shit. Mm, 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 mm. So they decided to go and then check this out. They go inside to talk to us, Molly or whatever. I mean, no, no, no. Did I say, oh my goodness. No, 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 no. I mean, let me back it up here, though. Let me correct myself. It's not Alicia Han, though. It turns out that the Bunch and Finn did some background. They found another victim. Her name was Molly Stratton, right? So I messed up myself. I said Alicia Han. I messed up my notes. I'm sorry about that. Her name is Molly Stratton, and then she was lured to a bathroom by a perp, and he poured a pack of honey on his dick, made her suck on it, tell her it's like candy, like a lollipop, and shit like that. And next thing he knows, he got aggressive and raped her in the damn bathroom. Damn. And so they got to talk to Molly. So we're at the Stratton residence out in New Jersey, and um, Benson and Stabler is talking to Molly, and then she, she um, asked, and Molly asked him about the guy, and he's a we he's we're looking at him right now, and then Molly was like, "Good, Hobie rots in jail," and she didn't want to talk about about what happened at the incident because that would happen like five years ago, something like that though. Mm-mm-mm. So next thing you know is that she's like a ten, eleven years old right now, and she didn't want to talk about it. So Benson 
you know, persuades her and all this stuff. And then the next thing you know, Marley started crying and stuff like that, though. So we back in the precinct right now. Turns out that Dr. Newland has carried a pack of honey with them to lure his victims and stuff like that. And check this out. They also discovered that another victim who was eight years old, right? She, um, they, uh, she, it turns out that she, um, her, her name was um, Alicia Han, right? And turns out that the perp lured her to the bathroom and pour honey on his dick and then and then give him get give as him give him give him a blowjob and shit like that though. So they decided to bring Alicia in for a lineup. So Alicia's there and she's eight years old and then she sees men on a lineup and she don't know who it was though. So she points to a guy number two on the lineup. That's not Dr. Newlands. So Anyways, um, I know, and then next thing you know, man, you know, Novak was there. I mean, she tells him and stuff like that, though. So later that night, though, Benson goes into Novak's office, and then she, she sees Novak sitting there, and they did. Benson gives Norlands a talk and tells him that, um, you know, Ben going through some things. Ben's never had kids, and then Sabler got kids, and much is given up because it's all about this one case. And Novak feels sorry for the victims. I mean, she's trying to figure out why she was put in this situation. Wait a minute, Novak. I thought you was a bad bitch. I think you was like hands-on. And next thing you know, it's just like she got some emotion going on around here. I don't know what is going on, though. Mm. Oh, shucks. So anyway, um, whatever, though, it's like, um, that's crazy, though. So... Next thing you know is that um, Dr. Novak talks to um, um, Dr. Newland's wife, though. She's, a, she's a, his co-worker as a dermatologist. And um, Novak tells her, tells her that her husband, her husband's a liar and a pedophile and it's just wife's lying to him, something like that. Next thing you know, her husband, Mr. 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 Newlands, comes in and confronts Novak, saying, What the hell are you doing in my family, bitch? Bitch, why are you trying to break my family like that, man? Get the hell out of here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sue you. I'm going to call my lawyer. What the hell? What's the real? I mean, I don't know. I'm no Dr. Wolves is pissed and all that stuff. I mean, come on, y'all. Now, anyway, we're at the courthouse right now, and Novak and um, um, Dr. Newland's attorney, um, Trevor Langan, which is played by Mariska Harkate's husband, right? Um, Peter Herman. They talked to the judge about the M.O. And then, you know, and um, Langan was, says there's no evidence in M.O. And judge says, oh, get ready for court. I want all the M.O. and stuff like that, though. So we at the trial right now. And it turns out that Dr. Newland is a no-show at court. So we, they see, you know, um, Lang, Trevor Langan is on the phone trying to talk to, talking to somebody. Nobody's just watching him and stuff like that, though. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So, but whatever though, it's like the the judge decided to issue a search a bench warrant for Mr. Newland and all that stuff though. So Dr. Newland and all that stuff though. Mm. So it turns out that um, Trev Langan is on the phone talking to somebody, tells him to um, meet the client at the diner and stuff like that though. So it turns out that the doctor is probably is, is a no-show no at court, and he possibly fled the city or fled the country or something like that, though. So 
He got Lightning got four calls says he gotta beat a client at the diner. So we at the diner, Merchant Fitness there, and they spot uh, Langan. He's still waiting for his client and stuff like that, though. So, so during the conversation at the diner, you know, um, Vet Finn and Fed Munch just have a conversation with Finn and ask him he wanted to own a diner, own a business, at a diner, or a bar. And Finn was like, "Nah." And he t- and then he says, "I heard that you had a, you had a." You had a you had a, um, a bar in Baltimore or shit like that though. I mean, and next thing you know is Langan is there, and uh, next thing you know is that um, Langan over hears him talking, and then next thing you know is it's like he was still waiting for his client, but he didn't show he didn't show up though. So a bunch of fans go to the kitchen and talk to Benson Sabler, and they tell him that um, Doctor Newlands didn't show up at the diner or something like that though. So, you know, as I said, as I can leave, they go to Dr. Newland's apartment and check this out. The doctor is found dead in his, in his apartment. Dr. Newland is found dead in his apartment and he was shot in the head execution style. Oh, my goodness. So they lost a, they lost their lead. I mean, they lost a suspect. I mean, they seen in the first they say it was Dr. Walcott, no, Mr. Mr. Walcott. And then he's in the Dr. Newland's. Now he's dead. I mean, someone who shot Dr. Newland. It would be high something. So we're at Cragen's office, and Benson Stabler are talking to Cragen, and turns out that um, his wife and his kids left the fled, left the apartment after they found out what Mr. the doctor did, something like that, though. And it turns out his wife was at the office at the time of his death. And next thing you know, the, the wife and kids move out, something like that, though. So next thing you know, they get a call. And then it turns out we're at the park right now. It turns out that like a six-year-old named Courtney Jones, she was she she was abducted this morning, and then they found some evidence. They found like a coffee stirrer or or something like that. They they it's found in one of these little um stores like Starbucks or something like that, or a coffee store or stores like that. So they think it was Doctor Nevis, but. Dr. Nevis, it turns out that Dr. Nevis died like a couple of hours after the girl was kidnapped or something like that, though. So they're trying to find out what's going on around here. And Dr. Wong is there. You know, he's going through the crime scene and all that stuff, though. So they, they however, they all figured it was Dr. Newland, so they want to go find out with, um, with, with, the, with, with the stirrer. And they also mentioned something about the tube. And then, so we're at the um, Morgan right now, and Dr. Warner, played by Tamara Tooney, she found blood on the tube. And and next thing you know, they discovered that he you know, that he wanted to beat the paternity test. But, however, they just found, and then, however, they found out that it would be somebody else's blood on that, on that tube. So, there's a twist going on around here. So maybe it wasn't it wasn't Dr. Newlands after all. So they labeled this dude as a honey rapist. And however though Munch and excuse me, however Benson Sabler and, and Wong do a walk and talk, they're trying to find out about this honey rapist and stuff like that though. And he could be one of the, the one of the doctor's patients and all that stuff though. So so they're gonna look into that. They gotta go talk to um his um doctor 
with her dead Dr. Newland's wife, who's now a widow, widow, and then she wanted to find out the list of patients. So we're at the um, Newland's office, and his wife going says that she, I can't believe my husband lied to me and all that stuff, though. So she's going, she tells him that 25% of men come in for a Botox and collagen or whatever, something like that, though. So she goes through the list of the patients through her files, and she goes on a computer, and Mrs. Newlands was like, son of a bitch, I can't believe he done this. And it turns out that um, one of the patients came by the other day, and his name was Peter Nestler. Oh, my God. And he said he came in, he was in his, he's 30 years old, took some Volcox and collagen and get rid of the wrinkles and stuff like that. And then then wrinkles, and then wrinkles come back whenever he has anxiety and shit like that, though. So she did some blood, and she tells him that she did blood work on Peter Nestler on that day. So we cut to Peter's apartment, and Bezos Saber busts down the door. And check this out. They find, they found evidence. They found like bottles of honey in the cabinet and some fish and stuff like that. And it turns out that Peter owned a boat at City Islands. So we're at City Island right now, and um, Benson Stabler and Novak are there. And the detectives tell Novak to stay put, right? They because they spot they spot a Novak and they tell Captain to stay put. Next thing you know is that they see Benson Stabler walking behind um, Peter. He was, he's carrying a cooler. And next thing you know, that Peter see it. And then next thing you know, they call Peter. Next thing you know, Peter starts making a run for it. Saber catches up to him and chops his back, chop Peter's back, and then and makes him fall. Make him fall into fall into the water. And then, I mean, yo, Dad, check this out. While this was, they were doing that scene. though, know, I heard some someone yelling action. I sources say that I think it was it was a it was a it was a, it, was a, it was like a damn camera thing. It was a it was a blooper. I, you never see that because I heard some you know, one yelling action while they were doing that chase scene, and you know it was it was probably a little error going on right here, a blooper going on around right here. That's what I found out about that. So next thing you know is that the saber karate chops Peter his Peter's neck, causing him to fall in the water. Next thing you know is the saber try to be drowning him, saying telling him. And then you don't tell me, and you know, you're gonna be, man, I'm mean, you're gonna be staying underwater for a long, long time. Like he wanted to kill that bastard, though. So next thing you know, Novak comes down the walkway, sees a cooler, she opens it, she finds Corny in there, she's breathing. Oh my God! So Benson tells Sabler that they got the girl, and you know Sabler was really trying to drown this asshole, this damn pedophile, stuff like that. And you know they found a little girl. She's breathing and stuff like that, though. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And then Benson takes um, Courtney away from Novak. And next thing you know is that um, case is closed. So we're at Branch's office right now, and um, Novak sees um, Branch played by Fred Thompson. And check this out, though. He tells her that yeah, that you 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 put a slam duck on that first case. However, though, Novak tells Branch that she wanted out. I mean, in other words, she's not interested in doing being a DA and stuff like that, though. However, though, um, Branch tells him that no, Novak, that was they told him that that was a test. She, and he passed with flying colors. And Novak was like, I don't want it. And then Branch was like, You will. Puts on his glasses, goes up and goes to the bookcase. Next thing he knows, Novak decides to walk out of the office. Like, I don't 
this. I mean, I mean, she wasn't surprised that she had a slam dunk in the first case. And Brand said, knew he trust her, I mean, and stuff like that. But next thing you know, she didn't want it. Brand was like, you will. And next thing you know, without saying a word, Novak just walks out of the office. End the story. So it turns out, here's the twist, is that there was a damn pedophile who owned the boat. He raped them little girls with a pack of honey, tells him to pour it on his dick, pour it on his dick, pour it on his, pour it on his dick and give him a blowjob. He had sick, he had sick, sick freak damn pedophile please damn so it turns out if the real perp was this um one of, one of dr archie dr um uh, new orleans patients is the damn pedophile not the doctor himself nor mr walcott so that's the twist that was that was a twist right there so end of episode Hey, uh, I just made, I just, uh, I'm going to make an announcement to y'all, right? Turns out that the good news is, turn, the good news is Anchor FM has been renamed Spotify for podcasters. I discovered this last week, right? Because on full email and they, and they said that, that the Anchor FM, they was going to change their um, format and they added Spotify. I mean, Anchor is owned by Spotify. But they wanted to um, have like them be more professionally and stuff like that. You want to start a podcast, so they they Anchor FM has been renamed Spotify for podcasters it's for people who easily make a Spotify because they just merge together stuff like that. Though it's like a marriage, you know, marriage made in heaven. So I could do any podcast I want. You know what I'm saying? If I want, if I want to bring in a guest like a Jamaican friend, I'll do it though. Now. Spotify for podcasters, right? You know, it's, it's the easiest way to make a podcast, and you don't have to worry about Anchor FM. You can and you can make some money and everything like that, get some listeners, and um, and that's all. I mean, you go, you go check us out. I mean, I look on my email, and then Anchor FM was gonna do a name change to Spotify, so I'm just gonna, and it's wonderful nowadays, though. So maybe I can get some business running and all that stuff, you know. You make some money, 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 you know, live life deliciously. Well, hey, or well, all praises to the most high, you know, if, if the, the Lord blessed me with that, though. All right. So I just want to let you know that there, there's a name change with the Anchor FM, which is now Spotify for podcasters. So if you like my show, Twisted, and like and subscribe, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I'm gonna be talking about entertainment, and especially at Law at Law and Order World. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. Well, I'm not. If you want to talk about Beyonce, Chingy, and um, Little John, and Jay Z, and um, who else? Who else would call it? Um, Joe Budden, whatever. I mean, 2003 or so. I mean, that's 20 years old right now. So, speaking about entertainment, though. So, think I'm thinking about. Start launching a new another podcast. It's probably maybe gonna be more in like current events and stuff like that. And the other one is something some like more adult, but I don't know what it is though. But I'll keep you posted. So anyway, I mean I want you to thank y'all for listening and like and subscribe to my podcast. If you like to hear the breakdown episodes and get I want me to give out some information about it though. You come right here. I'll just bring out the truth. You know what I'm saying? 
I'm not talking about the X-Files and shit like that, but the truth is out there. Well, it is out there. So, right? So, anyway, so uh, I want you to thank y'all for listening in, and I'll be back next next week with a new episode. This is BD Rose, or BD Roses, and I'm out. And Twisted, a Lawnmower SU podcast is recorded in my house. I got no backups whatsoever. So, anyway, yeah, have a blessed week, y'all.